The following is a presentation of WYM, Westminster Youth Ministry. In this study, we are learning from the book of Ephesians, where we are looking at who we are in God and how that in turn helps us to live out our identity in Jesus with and for other people. We hope you enjoy. y'all can turn to Ephesians chapter 4. It's on page 978 if you're using one of the Bibles in the middle. We're going to finish up chapter 4 tonight. But before we get started, I just want to say thank y'all for coming. There are tons of you here tonight. This is great. Uh, very exciting. Uh, yeah, we have missed having you all over. It's been a while. Ethan, we're glad you're here. Gabriel, we're glad you're here as well. Make sure we are very welcoming to one another because that's essentially what we've been studying in the book so far. So I do have a giveaway. Y'all like free t-shirts? So I've got a couple uh, Habitat for Humanity shirts that were given to me at our last Presbyterian meeting. So if you can answer this question, you get a free t-shirt. All right, the question is, throughout our study of Ephesians, we have constantly talked about how Ephesians is broken up into two sections. Who can name those sections? It's close. Love God, love the church. Okay. The first half is about what? Who we are in Christ. Okay. And the second half is about? Boom. All right. We'll give another one out next time. Okay. 978. We're going to read verses 17 through 32. But before we do that, Jerry Lynn, would you like to open us in prayer tonight? Yeah. Thank you. Hey, Father, I just praise you for um, each of these students. Thank you for bringing them into our home tonight. Thank you for your word, um, which is light, light into our feet. Um, and Lord, I just ask that you will bless these students. They finish up this semester strong. May they be encouraged this evening, and may our fellowship be honoring to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's start by reading through this section here. Would anybody like to read for us tonight? 17 to 32. Who would like to read that? Gideon? Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are drunken in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. That is not the way you are in Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God and true righteousness of you. Therefore, having put away falsehood, that each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your anger, and give no opportunity to the devil. But the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone who needs. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. But all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another. Okay, amen. If I had a, an old car and it was running to the ground, I could take it to a mechanic and he could put a brand new engine in, right? 
And if uh, if I get that car back, the engine was still running poorly, I would question whether or not he actually put a new engine in it, or if he just kind of cleaned things up, or you know, just jerry rigged it and put old parts in. Um, we would question that. And a new engine should bring forth new life into a car. You should never put a new engine in a car and it runs just as poorly as your old engine does. Our new life in Christ should always spur forth some sort of change in our behaviors and in our hearts. We should never just always go back to the things that we used to do before we knew Jesus. It should be like that brand new engine. It should run differently. It doesn't mean it's perfect. But it should run differently. So tonight we're going to focus on this. Life in Christ changes who we are, and that changes how we interact with others. So I've got three groups for you. As always, I didn't print it on cardstock tonight, anyways. I'm sorry. I know, I'm I'm skimping on y'all. So I'm going to start on this side. Aiden? One. Count threes. You're a three. Oh, two. Right. One. Two. One. Two. Three. Two. Three. Two. 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 The old self. I'll read the section for y'all, so y'all have to read it again. But 17 to 22 says, Now this I say and testify to the Lord, that you must no longer walk in the ways that the Gentiles do. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of this ignorance that is in them. Due to their hardness of heart, they become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you have learned in Jesus, in Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him or taught about him, as the truth in Jesus, to put off the old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, which is corrupt through deceitful desires. The first question is, how is the church that Paul's writing to not to walk as the Gentiles did? Group one. Essentially, it's the opposite of everything in verse 18 and verse 1. Okay, which would be what? So, not be darkened in their understanding, so to spend time in the Word and understand what they believe and why. Don't be alienated from the life of God because of their ignorance. Um, Don't be hard of heart like they were. Don't become callous to the Word and um, give themselves up to pleasures of the flesh, um, greed, or any other kind of behavior. Okay, so the Gentiles were essentially not living for who? God. Jesus. Okay, they weren't living for God. So, the church is not to walk in these ways, right? Okay, their minds were futile. The language of uh, futile mind is used in the Greek that describes empty idols. So when he's talking about the futility of their mind, it's the same idea that they're living for empty idols. They're living for things that are worthless. Okay, Things that are lumps of wood, gold and silver. And what happens when people worship idols? It's futile. That there's, they get no benefit from it. Okay, They're futile in their mind. And we're not to walk in this way because of who? We have... Jesus. Jesus, okay, who changes who we are, and we become more like the things that we worship, okay? If we're worshiping money all the time, what are our hearts going to desire and look like? They're going to want money all the time. If we worship, you know, people, other people that we revere and love, what are our hearts going to look like? We're going to want to be more like them all the time and not more like Jesus. What Paul is saying is turn away from these things and focus on Christ because he has changed your life. And he will be the object of 
your worship. If we walk as the old self, we can't see things the way God wants us to see them. Okay? This is a warning to the Gentiles, but it's also a warning to us that we're to be mindful of how we walk. What are ways that we can be hard of heart? Don't let the people go. Well, yeah. we, we can keep. That is a perfect example of how we can be hard of heart. We let large groups of Israelites not leave our land. That was really good, Michael. That was good. Okay. What are ways that we as individuals who are not Pharaoh can be hard of heart? That was really funny. They become callous and giving themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. If you have a callus on your hand, what does it? What happens? It, gets hard. it hardens and it makes you Tougher not be able to feel as much. Okay. If you have big calluses on your feet, you can walk around on rocks and you won't feel it as much, which is Legos. can be good. Can but if you have a calloused heart, what does that mean? Your heart is hard. Okay, your heart is hardened against certain things. And if your heart is calloused and hardened against things, things don't bother you as much. Things like the impurities, the greedy tendencies that he talked about in this passage. So the more we focus on the way that we used to live, the more we callous ourselves to the things that Christ calls us to do. Okay, so if we have a callous heart, we tend to think sin is not as big of a deal as it is. We can be like... You know, Paul holding the coats of people that were killing other people. We can build up this tolerance against what we should not have a tolerance to. Okay, So we don't want to be hardened in heart. We don't want to have a calloused heart. The old self was attuned to the things that Paul lists here. The new self is not. That doesn't mean we never struggle with these things. But the old self is something we really have to put away. Because it's not consistent with what Christ calls us to do. So that's the old self. Now let's talk about the new self. There's two parts that we're going to focus on. The action side, and then we're going to focus on the heart side, because I want to make sure we end with, with the heart. So we're going to look at the new self, new practices. Okay, Group two, the, the new self has new practices. What are some of the changes that Paul lists here? Okay. He Just says, list a few. You don't, you don't have to list to all. To be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Okay. Um, to be created in the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Mm-hmm. Um, put away falsehood. Speak truth. Um, don't or be angry, but don't sin, and don't let the sun go down on your anger. Okay. So all these things are what? Things we should strive to do better. Okay. Things that we should strive to do better. Things that reflect who? Christ. Christ. Okay. And that's the new self that we need to put on. And these are actions. Okay. And we're going to get to the heart of the matter in just a little bit. But these are actions. So how does he address how we approach one another and those around us? What are some of the things that, that we're to, to take from this as we interact with other people? He um, says, in verse 28, he says, Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor. Do honest work with his own hands, so he needs something to share with anyone. Um, and he also tells us not to let any corruption drop from out of our mouths or... He tells us to build up each other, to be kind to each other, to basically not put each other down. Mm-hmm. Um, and in verse 32, he says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Yeah, so these are, these are things that deal with how we interact with one another. It's a call to change how we behave, right? 
which is good. We, we all need behavior change in our lives. Okay? We need heart change more, but we need behavior change as well. So what Paul is doing here is he's appealing to honesty. We're to be honest with others. All right, so he appeals to our honesty. We're to be honest with others. Why? Because we're members of one another in verse 25. Okay? He appeals to our kindness here. He calls us to deal with our anger with one another. He doesn't want that to be used by Satan. Now, I do want to give you a little preface here. You know, this idea to never let the sun go down in your anger can be a good practice to have, but it's not the end-all, be-all, okay? Sometimes it's good for us to get our anger on the table and our frustrations with one another on the table and deal with it, okay? But one day y'all will be married, and you'll have arguments late at night, and it's okay to call a timeout and go to sleep, okay? (laughs) I'm just saying, the point is... When we're dealing with how we interact with one another, when we have sin against one another, yes, it's a good practice for us to work through that. But there's always a time and a place for it. It doesn't mean we have to to do it before the sun goes down, or else it doesn't. You know, it's not effectual and it doesn't work. Okay, but it is good, a good practice for us to to deal with things. It doesn't always have to be right away, but but it does mean we deal with it. Okay, uh, have you ever held a grudge against somebody for a long time? Oh yes, for sure. Okay. It eats away at us, doesn't it? It eats away at us when we hold grudges, right? Why? What about a grudge just eats away at our souls? There's no room for love. Okay, yeah, there's no room for love. Your heart is callous towards the person. Okay, your heart's calloused. What were you saying, Ethan? Okay. We have uh, an inability to forgive that person. Oftentimes we have an inability to see what we did wrong. In the situation. So when we hold grudges against people, we're holding relationship hostage. We're holding godly relationship hostage. And we're not making room for God to work through those things and bring forgiveness. So it's good for us to work through our anger. Good for us to work through our grudges. Paul says the new self seeks to deal with things head on. When he says be angry, do not sin. Uh, he, he doesn't mean only have righteous anger. But, he, but what he's talking about is in your anger, don't continue to sin with your anger. Okay, we all have emotions. Has everyone ever got angry before? Nope. Nope. Yes, you have. I've seen y'all angry. Okay? Everybody gets angry, but what do we do with our anger? We take that anger and we... Take it out on other people. We take it out on other people. We lash out at others. We say things that are hurtful to people. Okay? So when Paul says, be angry and do not sin, he doesn't mean get angry and then never sin again. What he's saying is, in your anger, in those moments when you have anger, take a few moments, take a deep breath, and understand who you are in Jesus. Because he changes you and he allows you to focus on the things that you need to focus on. The goal here is to build one another up. Love is the fulfillment of the law as Jesus came to teach us. Alright, lastly. So we have the old self. We transition into the new self. We have new behaviors. But we also have new motives. We have a new heart. Okay, Changing behaviors is good. I want y'all to change your behaviors. Okay, Y'all struggle with things. Y'all have difficulty with relationships. I want you to change in your life. But more importantly than that, I want your hearts to change. Because if, only, if we're only changing behaviors, what good is that? Does that do us any good? No. Why? Because it's not good. Okay. Gideon. It's changing the outside. Okay, yeah. Now, I'm not saying changing behaviors is bad. Sometimes we need a good butt whooping and, you know, we need to change things that we're doing. But if we're only changing the outward appearance, 
we're doing the same thing as all the people that Jesus spoke against in the New Testament were focusing on. We're only focusing on the outward appearance of things. So we really want to get after the heart. Okay, And I don't want you to miss the importance of, of changing behaviors, but changing the heart is the most important thing. What could be some of these deceitful desires that Paul speaks of here that we need to change? Group three. Tearing down others. Okay. Tearing down others. What else? We talked about the deceitful desires that we're to get rid of. Okay, desire to focus on ourselves. Okay, what were the Gentiles focused on? Not God. Not God. Okay, so he's saying change that. Change your hearts. Change them towards God. Deceitful desires are the thoughts, desires that have calloused their hearts in the first place. Okay, they've calloused their minds towards what they need. Okay, they give empty promises. If we do this, yeah, our problems may go away, but we need to focus on the heart of the matter more. Okay, if we just change behavior. Sometimes problems go away, but until we really change our hearts and allow Jesus to work in our hearts, we will never see true life change. Okay? If I'm a, an alcoholic, I can simply just not drink a beer. And that's a change of behavior, right? Right? Yes. Okay. But if my heart is not changed and if my desires aren't changed, is that change of behavior going to do me any good? No. No. Someone who's a thief, like in our passage, I can choose to not steal something tonight. Okay, and that's a change of behavior. But am I still a thief? Yes. Yes, I have to go after that instead. So what Paul is really getting across to us tonight is think about the things that you really struggle with and don't just think about them in the realm of changing behavior, which is good, but think about them in the realm of how your heart can change towards the matter. Because our hearts, the actions that we have in our lives are an overflow of what's coming out of our hearts. Okay? Desire can deceive by leading us towards selfish acts for selfish reasons, fear, pride, shame. Those are motives. But the motives that we need to focus on are motives that are pleasing God. So last question for tonight. What is Paul's solution to those deceitful desires? Okay, put away the old. Okay, it's, it's very clear. Put away the old, put on the new, be renewed. Okay, when someone renews you, who's doing the action? It's okay. God is. Okay, this is a passive verb here. Okay, it's not renew yourself, it's be renewed. God is the one that's renewing you, He's the one that's working. And if we're adopted in Christ, and if we're, we're seeking to honor Him in all things, we'll see ourselves slowly changing from the inward to outward. Okay. Some people change because they get caught, right? Have you ever been caught doing something? Yeah. Okay, and you had to change something because of it. Okay. Uh, it's like a guy going to confession in the Catholic Church and confessing his sin, and the Catholic priest is like, "Well, thank you for for confessing this thing. Have you finally seen the light?" And he said, "No, I felt the heat. I got caught." Okay. Is that a true confession? Does that bring forth true change in our lives? No. Some people change because they feel the heat. Some people change because they feel the light that Christ brings in our lives. And my hope and prayer is that your behavior change, your heart change happens because you love Jesus and not for anything else. New motives give way to new practices. They work outwardly to others. Again, we're in this section about dealing with one another. And the heart changes and we, we grow to love one another. We grow to not lie and cheat towards one another. We grow to not steal from one another. To get angry with one another. Doesn't mean we never struggle with these things. 
but it means that our, our motives change. And my hope and prayer is that when your life changes, it changes because you love Christ. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening. Thank you for this time that we can open your word. We do pray that you would work in our hearts, Lord. It's a, it's a lot of material that we've been going through in Ephesians, a lot of heavy stuff. But this is all good for us, Lord. We ask that you would help us to look at our hearts, know the areas that we struggle in, and lift those things up to you so that, that we can truly change, Lord. Not because of things that we do, but rather how you change us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. We hope this has been helpful for you. And keep an eye out for new audio upcoming from WYM.